you want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Austin might have fucked to knock his wife. But just say no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam, I'm your designated host, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Step off. I'm doing the hump. And this is Scott, educating the masses one drink at a time. All right. Got a fun episode planned for you. Of course, uh, makes it go well. Our drink's at hand. Except if you're driving. Don't fucking do that. But uh, if you're in the... If you're a pussy. (laughs) Go ahead. In the meantime... Ubers for quitters. uh, In... Messed up the segue. In that <laughs> sense, what do you guys have to drink in the meantime? I'm drinking a uh, I'm drinking a Hell or High Watermelon by 21st Amendment. It's my favorite seasonal beer. I just realized today that it was already uh, available. Salud. So technically, that would be your chaser to the tequila that you had before recording. I had a sip, just a sip out of the bottle. Oh, just, just to lose sip? my buzz. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. That can't happen. Well, I am doing the standard blackened whiskey and water. The usual. I'm still working on some premium Fitz's hip-hop pop and got some water ready. All right. Uh, no notes. Just do it. Well, I would Just like to it. point Go out before it. we start um, that this is the 10-year anniversary of losing the great... Macho Man Randy Savage. As of this recording, yes. That's right. we're like a day removed from the 10-year anniversary. So it seemed fitting to pay tribute to the great Macho Man before we get into the wrestling classic. Oh, I should do another sip of tequila. And I should do a, a sip of my blackened in water. So I will wait let for me, you to get tequila. Let me get the bottle. That's a man dedicated to his craft. He will put the show on hold to pour himself some liquor. For, I work for right, Macho I work right man. next to the bar. Yes, for Macho Man, for the listeners. Yes. All right. Rest in paradise shot to of, him. Uh, shot of Lucha Libre tequila going down. Cheers. Here's to you, Mach. You're one of the greats. Ooh. This is also the 10-year anniversary of it. me. It's also the 10-year anniversary of me remembering how fucking good Slim Jims are. Because I hadn't eaten Slim Jims in probably 15 years. And the dude died. And I went home. This is before uh, the network, and I think I had the Macho Man Collection DVD or some, some shit, or some Macho Man yes. DVD. And I was like, I got some Slim Jims. I went home and watched that DVD, and I was like, why did I stop eating Slim Jims? They're incredible. Now I eat them like once or twice a week. Oh, they're amazing. Dude, did I they're tell so you good. the story about going to that uh, autograph signing the day after he passed? No. So Kirk White, uh, local Bay Area promoter, was hosting a, uh, he called it a wrestle fest. He has a bunch of wrestlers show up to do autographs. And Lanny Poffo right. was supposed to be there. In fact, okay. I had bought a genius action figure to get signed that day. And obviously, 
Macho Man passes away the day before, so Lanny cancels, but uh, Jeff and I still went to the autograph signing. DDP was there. And, dude, DDP was holding court. I went up to get a signature from him, and he was telling Macho Man stories the entire day. And, like, he was getting emotional, and fans were getting emotional. It was an incredible moment, dude, just... Because DDP, That's awesome. yeah, How you aren't humble like, is super he? familiar with his WCW run, but DDP was a big time opponent of Macho Man. Macho Man did a lot of favors for DDP. Right, they had one over. of the best best feuds. Yeah, probably one of the best WCW matches ever. Uh, yeah. Macho Man and DDP, and to hear DDP tell stories about the great Macho Man, dude, it was incredible. It was so awesome because it was fresh. You know, Macho Man had just yeah, passed. Yeah. So literally right. the entire event, it seems, was just dedicated to Macho Man. So it's very That's fitting awesome. we dedicate this episode to his memory as well. Cheers, Macho. Cheers, Mach. That's the cream of the crop. <laughs> All right, let's just jump into this episode, Adam, because uh, we went long on the last one. Let's do this. We are heading back to the year of our Lord. And I got I to work tomorrow and I'm drunk. Oh, boy. Year of Our Lord, 1985, we're heading over to Rosemont, Illinois, the Rosemont Horizon. Uh, This is also uh, season one of this uh, particular episode. (laughs) And and one, uh, the one and only of this, what the hell, the wrestling classic. So this was in Chicago. Yep. And the first thing I thought when I saw it was this is when WWE is expanding. So I was like, so it's a tournament, a uh, 16-man tournament. And I thought, did they put on a big uh, gimmicky show because it was their first time in Chicago? Because um, remember when they first went to, I think it was Minneapolis. It was Minnesota anyway. I assume Minneapolis. When it was, they had Hogan and Mean Gene as a tag team. Who did they wrestle? I believe it was Morocco and Mr. Fuji. Okay. So, like, they put Hogan and Mean Gene in a tag team for their first show in Minnesota so they could sell out, you know, do big business in Minnesota. So I kind of thought the same thing rather than pick someone from Chicago because I don't think, well, they didn't acknowledge that Macho Man was from Chicago. Um, But I thought maybe they were kind of doing the same thing. We're going to do a new market. Let's put on a big show. I kind of Googled it, and I couldn't find out if this was their first time in Chicago. All I could find out was that they made big money off of WrestleMania, so they were like, let's do another big pay-per-view. So... Yeah, it makes it sense. Makes, it makes yeah. sense because this is after, obviously, after the first WrestleMania, before two, X, yeah. X amount of time after it. Kind of weird because you'd think it would have become an annual thing if it did well. You know, like all the other pay-per-views did, but it didn't. And I mean, I guess when we get further into this, maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll learn why it didn't become an annual thing. Well, I think this was more of a precursor to the King of the Ring tournament. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So it starts with a really cool intro. It's got the old school WWF um, graphics with the cool logo and everything. And then you have, I can't remember now. I think it was, I think it was um, Lord Alfred Hayes says WWF presents WrestleVision with, and there's a logo for it, which is like the WrestleMania font, but different colors. No explanation whatsoever of what WrestleVision is. What that is. No idea what that was. I think maybe it was just like their closed circuit, you know, like if you're watching it on closed circuit, you're watching it on WrestleVision. That's kind of all I could figure from that. I Googled oh, that makes it and sense. I didn't really find anything. Yeah, that's all I could kind of guess, and I couldn't find anything about it, but um, that's all I know. Well, you knew it was a big deal show because they were giving away a Rolls Royce. A Rolls Royce, yeah, which we'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fiasco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So it's a tournament. So it starts with Vince um, at the tournament board with Lord Alfred Hayes. And Susan. And, and Susan, which which they have to have a model because it's 1985. So they have to have a model to like point at the um, shitty, terrible uh, tournament board. Like the tournament board looks like a eye. Like they had school child put it together. They had the graphics to yeah. do something and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, they Yeah, it was like this board and you could see like a seam in it where they took like two pieces I said semen. Um you could see they took like they took two they, Come on. <laughs> they took two big giant pieces of cardboard and taped them together and painted over it. Well, here's another fun fact to keep in Adam's fine tradition of fun facts for the evening. The the kids that made that board went on to work for WCW with their pay-per-views in the late eighties. <laughs> You're probably they did right. Well yeah. For themselves. Yeah. Susan looks confused, and I don't know who did her. I mean, I guess she must have been a model. Like maybe they got her from a modeling agency, but like I don't know. Like maybe Jemco had a modeling agency or something because I don't know who did her clothes and makeup. But uh, <laughs> it was just I yeah. Know she was, was shitty Vanna White. Yeah, I know it was 1985, but good lord. Yeah. <laughs> a mess. Yeah. Yeah, and it was Lord Alfred almost, Hayes loved it though. Yeah, oh Lord Alfred Hayes, and it wasn't her; it was the way they dressed her up. It was just awful. But you're right, Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, yeah. he loved it. Oh it yeah, was, yeah, it he was, was it was Renaissance Brideish. Yeah, yeah she looked like she was from like Princess Bride, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. Let's man. get into the card. Yeah. Um, so then we have Gene, uh, me and Gene interviews uh, Jack Tunney, and he says that Gene, uh, Jack Tunney came all the way from Toronto with no explanation why he's in Toronto instead of Stanford. Right. Which was weird. And you can just, when, man, when Jack Tunney does a promo, you could just feel that charisma coming at you through the screen. It was incredible. Yeah, more like a charisma vacuum. He sucks all of the energy out of the building. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, he made me and Gene boring. <laughs> he made Susan look like a million bucks though she was oh, a house yeah. of fire compared to Tunny <laughs> so we cut to the ring we've got Gorilla and Jesse Pella Ventura on commentary which was my second favorite commentary team of all time did you say Jesse Pella Ventura <laughs> yeah that's what, you're, that's what that guy reminds me of. <laughs> That's what that guy reminds me of with that okay. with the accent and the conspiracy theories and the, and shit. The, aggre- the aggression behind things that are just yeah. I guess he does kind of look like Jesse events. from Running Man. Yeah, he t- totally. Yeah, with the mustache. Yeah, yeah kind of does in the hairstyle. Yeah, and the accent. Dude, we haven't even gotten to the fucking match yet, and we're like riffing on Susan and fucking my pillow guy. What the hell's yeah, the matter right. with us? All right, Adam, get into the first match. But this is the first got 15 <laughs> matches or some shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think we get into the first match. That's five minutes long until like the end of this first round. But here we go. Uh, first round uh, is uh, between Corporal Kirshner and Adrian Adonis, accompanied by Jimmy Hart. Did ever, Adrian Adonis ever look like he was in shape? A little bit when he was in the AWA. And then he hit the WWF roster and, I don't know, make, like the dude discovered New York pizza <laughs> and just ballooned. And Adam, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with who Adrian Adonis became. I I do not. 
I know I, okay. I've heard the name mentioned several times, but just never followed through. So this uh, this street guy, right? Because he had like the leather jacket. He's chewing gum during his match. He's like a like tough the, guy. He became the Brooklyn adorable. Brawler. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, he became adorable. Adrian Adonis, the crossdresser, who worked in a flower shop. What the? Who worked in a flower shop? He, was yes. a, he became a florist, like Hightower from Police Academy. What the fuck gimmick is that? But nowhere near as cool as Hightower. No, hell no. He can't flip cars. Yeah, like he was wearing makeup and like sashes and he'd have his hair all teased up and he'd have like, he he just was just a cross-dresser. He wore like pretty sweaters and whatnot. Dude, if big and cross-dressing is qualifications to be a wrestler, then sign me up. I'm already qualified. Yeah, he was like he became like fat velveteen dream. <laughs> right. He was like yes. the buttercream dream. Well, minus harassing 16-year-olds. I don't know that Adrian Adonis did that. So maybe No, may- I don't think so. So in other words, more veto like. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. There we go. So it was weird when they got in the ring because the ropes were really loose. Like super Oh, you noticed loose. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had the weird the goofy turnbuckle covers which were like the turnbuckles were kind of weird because they weren't actual turnbuckles. They were chains that were held to the uh, ropes. It was a chain between the post and the rope instead of an eye um, with a turnbuckle on it. It was just kind of an odd construction. And then the match had a seam down the middle of it, much like the uh, the tournament board backstage. And I actually was like, why does this ring look so different from WWE's ring? I was wondering if it was one of Vern Gagne's old rings. Oh, it uh, could have been. But it wasn't because I started. I watched like several videos um, on YouTube of AWA from that era, from '85, and um, I don't know if this was actually. I'm not sure if this is before or after um, AWA had gone out of business anyway. But their mat, their um, mat had the AWA logo in the middle of it. Um, well, AWA were, went tournaments. out in like the late '80s. Like, no, it was probably more around like '90, 90, '91. AWA went out, so they were still in full force at okay. this point. Yeah, it wasn't one of their rings. I just it just made me question that because it just looked so different. Um, quick match: Adrian Adonis hit a lot of elbows, and he hit a weird looking DDT for the finish. I remember you texted me and said, "Watch the finish of that match" because it was a weird looking DDT. It was fucking gnarly, dude. And like that should have been his finisher when he was like adorable, Adrian Adonis. That was like way believable. Yeah. Like, okay, match is over when he hits that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was looked weird, but it was cool. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. So Adrian right. Adonis moves on. Uh, next uh, first round match uh, lasts for nine seconds. This discussion will last more than nine seconds. Dynamite Kid taking on Nikolai Volkov with Freddie Blassie. Now, I want to joke about this match lasting nine seconds, but I probably shouldn't because I know something about lasting nine seconds. I don't want to put yeah. myself on blast. But um, yeah, I've been lucky to I... last nine seconds. Yeah. Doesn't the sound <laughs> effect go into this at some point? It's like a slide whistle. Light. Oh, oh, that one. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, it's so like the, a boot the, stuck in wet mud. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so the first thing I thought when I saw Dynamite Kid is I was like, man, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if he was on steroids, but he looks like a steroid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if steroids was a person, it would be Dynamite Kid. Like, I will say, too, like, as a kid... This was my favorite match to reenact because it was so quick and I hated Nikolai Volkov. Here's the summation mm-hmm. of the match. Volkov sings the Russian national anthem. Okay, fine. Yep. 
But then he decides to go into the long version of it. Dynamite yeah. pulls the ref aside, tells him to ring the bell, mounts the top rope. Volkov finishes singing, turns around, eats a drop kick from the top rope. Dynamite pins him, game over. That's it. That's it, and that's all. That's how the match ended. That was the entire match. Yeah, so Dynamite. And I loved on. it. As a kid watching that, I thought it was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it was good. It was cool. I mean, I felt bad for Nikolai, but, you know. It, yes. It happens. Um, yeah, hey, it happens. Yeah, um, so after that, Mean Gene interviews Macho on the back, and it sounds like the crowd came into the back with him. You can't even hear him. So they're, they're already having, like, bad audio issues backstage, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was 85, though, you know. They hadn't had a lot of pay-per-views yeah. under their belt. Right, right. Yeah. Still figuring we it get out. Into the next, then we get into the next match. We got Macho Man Randy Savage, accompanied by Miss Elizabeth, taking on Ivan Putski. And I think I forgot to mention earlier that Macho Man, they were drawing uh, opponents earlier backstage, and Elizabeth drew for Macho Man, and she drew Putski, and Macho Man was pissed. <laughs> and I was like, why would you be mad like, about you? Yeah. I guess maybe that's something yeah. that I haven't really understood about their relationship. Like, they're always... Like, they're always on good terms, but she always pisses him off. In, or It was very abusive. Not pisses him off. Yeah, it it was really weird. Yeah, well, I mean, he was always mad at her, but I don't know. He had right to, to be mad at her. Like, five years after this, we find out what a whore she was when she left with Hogan. She wore a lot of makeup to cover up the black eyes and whatnot. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but cool. it was weird. Like, she, like, shouldn't he have been excited to get put... Uh, Patuski as Jesse uh my pillow Patuski. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I'd be like, cool, I do I got a dude who's like fifty-five. Like that's who you should want to get. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I had to like question myself as a child, wondering why I was a Ivan Putsky fan. Like I went back and watched this match, I was like, why did I like this guy? Like, why yeah, was no I reason- rooting for Ivan Putsky over Macho Man? What the hell's wrong with me? Unless you're Polish, there's no reason to like him. Exactly, and I'm Portuguese, so Putsky's right out. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Earl's the ref, and now I notice the referees are not dressed the same. <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> Dude, the referees were a debacle in this show. <laughs> they totally were, yeah. Uh, so Macho's just fucking with, with Petuski, Um And all Petuski did was punch and kick him. And I was like, was he a shitty wrestler? I don't actually... I've only seen a few of his matches because he was just kind of right at the end. of. He was phasing out right as I was phasing in. But he didn't do shit yeah. in this match. Yeah, no, he really didn't. Like, that was his whole gimmick because he was a strong man. Yeah. Like, he may as well have been fucking Ted Arcidi. Like, he didn't really do much in the ring. He was just there with a body. And yeah. that was it. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, Macho hits him with a double leg in the corner, pins him with his feet on the second rope. Um, and then when they show the replay, uh, Jesse the body calls out Putski for working him in the corner <laughs> and not listening to the ref. Yeah. He's, he's got nothing to say yeah. about Macho with his feet on the ropes. It's great. Yeah, so if you've never watched 80s wrestling, WWF in particular, <laughs> you should. Jesse Ventura loved Macho Man, was not a big mm-hmm. fan of Elizabeth, but loved Macho Man and would literally defend him. Even when Macho was a face, yeah. Jesse would defend Macho Man. and Because mm-hmm. Jesse was like the heel announcer, but even when Macho turned face, like Jesse was still on his side. Like Jesse loved Macho Man. So him calling right. out Patuski was incredible. Like he was just holding character. <laughs> Yeah, and ended up being a running theme throughout the whole show as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next up, we have Davy Boy Smith taking on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. 
face and face. This um, didn't happen very often yeah. back in the day. You wouldn't get this. No, no, it was very rare. And it had to have been like a mathematical thing. Like they had um, nine faces and seven heels, I guess. Well, you I did guess. have two heels, though, facing each other later on in the, the tournament. So it didn't make sense that they did two heels against each other mm. and two faces against each other. They would okay. normally not, like mid-80s, that was unheard of. That's true, yeah. Um, they announced Bulldog as being from Leeds. Isn't he from Manchester? That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was weird. I don't. I guess he changed it. Maybe he moved. I don't know. Um, Bulldog did a badass Northern Light suplex into a pin, which was really yes. cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of, this is the match where I realized the mat had a lot of bounce to it. It was kind of a weird, you know, um, like in the center of the ring, it really had a lot of bounce. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gorilla Calls uh, Steamboat the Steamer, which is, I'm not going to get into why that's funny, but it's funny. <laughs> oh, is he from Cleveland too? <laughs> yeah. Is he a Cleveland Steamer Gorilla? Come on. Yeah. Um, Davey ends up crotching himself on the on the rope and the ref stopped the match and then Steamboat to his credit tried to help him after the match yeah well I mean again two faces you know the crowd can't see one starting to go heel at all so you gotta keep good sportsmanship involved and like Steamboat helps him to the back but Steamboat comes out because of ref stoppage as the winner yeah yeah and backstage after that Junkyard Dog does a promo and he says congratulations to the Chicago which the I Chicago, guess is because yes. yeah, I guess that's mm -hmm. because no matter who wins this tournament, the real winner is the Chicago. The Chicago, mm -hmm. yes. yes. Now, okay, I'm gonna throw this in. I'm, I believe he was talking about the Bears. Eighty. <laughs> we're talking eighty-five. How? Yeah, so that would have been how, McMahon's team. How baddest uh, team that ever graced a gridiron. So that's how lazy Junkyard Dog had gotten at this point that he couldn't finish the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to the Chicago, and I'm done. <laughs> I you no. figure it out. He was figuring that they're in Rosemont. They know the second, they know the next word he's about to say. He's just saving yeah. syllables. Wants to <laughs> put that energy into his match. <laughs> it got so lazy, he couldn't finish a sentence. God damn you, dude. How dare you disparage the name of the great JYD, you son of a bitch. I couldn't help it. <laughs> hey, he set it up and I hit it. <laughs> so we go into so the next match does feature the great junkyard dog taking on Iron Sheik. Um, so this is the first time we hear entrance music on this pay per view, which we hear the great grab them cakes. Yes, love right. that. Yeah, it's one of the. It's still, dude. I was like almost dancing in my living room listening to this. Yeah, I mean between that and Slicks, um, Jive Soul Bro. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one gets me moving better. Jive Soul Bro. They're both fantastic. Yeah, they really are. Um, not much of a match here. Um, she put on a really sloppy camel clutch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> apparently both guys were feeling lazy this night. Like, JYD wasn't finishing sentences. Iron Sheik's not finishing moves. Yeah, right. Oh, fuck it, Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, god, dude! How much cocaine was backstage? By the way, can we ask that of, question? All of it. All, all of it. The answer is yes. <laughs> like all of Colombia is on tables in the back. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Looking at a uh, dog's belly, I don't know if he had anything to do with that. Just a guess. 
He's like, I'll stick to I mean, he might be, guys. I'm good. He might be he might be sprinkling that shit on nachos. I don't know. <laughs> I eat the fucking shit. Oh. So Sheik won't let him out of the corner. The hundred year old referee tries to stop him. Uh, Sheik kind of toss him out of the way. He takes a headbutt from Dog, and that's it. That's the end of the match. Yeah, but, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Like, Father Time is apparently the referee in this match. <laughs> yeah. Like, the referees were just a mess in this show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll get more to that later. Totally, yeah. So, yeah, Dog wins with a headbutt. Yeah. Moving on, Terry Funk, accompanied by Jimmy Hart, taking on Moondog Spot. Okay, so this is two heels. So why didn't yeah. they go face and heel and face and heel in terms of like Ricky and Davey, like mix it up and have one of them take on Terry Funk or Moondog Spot? I couldn't figure that well, out. Like because, why would they go? Because I think they wanted to have Terry come out and try to outsmart someone, and the only one that he possibly outsmart is Moondog. Because apparently Moondog, what was his gimmick? Was he like feral? I think so. He was kind of like the missing link without the face paint. Yeah, he was like an animal. Like, he was like a wild animal. Yeah, yeah. Like, he yeah, lacked so a brain. Yeah, so that's who Terry could talk into fucking uh, just walking away from the match. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense, which was pretty funny at the end of it. Yeah, so Terry tells Moondog, let's take a draw. Uh, he's like, okay, cool. He has Terry get out first. <laughs> and Gorilla... While Moondog Spot is holding a bone, Gorilla says, he's no dummy. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um, Terry's, Terry's like, look, us. there's fucking booze and coke in the back. Let's go hang out. We'll drink. <laughs> we'll do some lines. And Moondog's like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's like the godfather with a hose. Um, right. so Terry, jumps, <laughs> Terry jumps him outside. They fight to get back in. Spot ends up getting back in first. He wins the match by uh, count out. Terry kicks his ass after. And that was kind of the end of that. Yeah. And that's it. Moondog Spot yeah. moves re- on over Terry Funk. In researching Spot, I discovered that he was the original Smash, but they replaced him because the fans recognized him. I didn't know that. They recognized him. Like, they were chanting his yeah. name during demolition matches. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Good on the fans back then for picking that up. No dirt sheets to help him. Yeah, yeah. All right, All Adam. Right. Uh, speaking of and moving on, uh, Tito Santana taking on the magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji. Uh, another so my favorite thing referee about, at the conclusion. My favorite thing about this is that Morocco is wearing a Morocco shirt, which no one else did then. Well, this wasn't as good as Morocco eating a sandwich during a match. Well, nothing is. No, nothing's ever going right. to. That's a watch. That's a watch along for this podcast. I would agree with that. Yeah. Smacking yeah. up a jobber while eating a sandwich. He didn't do that with Tito. <laughs> That's so great. No, he didn't do that with Tito. Wait, um, so so we got the gimmicks of male cross-dresser and there's one eating a sandwich? Damn, that's... I can multitask that. Come on. <laughs> Combine gimmicks. Start, start thinking of Halloween costumes now, Adam. <laughs> no, normally I'm uh, supposed to have those like a year in advance. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Morocco almost did the flare turnbuckle spot, but not quite. Um, which yeah, um, uh, maybe he'd never seen it before. I don't know. Um, but it was not much of a, much of a match like every other match up to this point. It was a fucked finish. Morocco hits a power slam. 
He pins Tito next to the ropes. The referee counts to three. But it counts turns to out three. T- yes. Tur- it, turns yeah, out he makes a mistake. His, it turns out Tito had his foot on the rope, which the camera didn't show. Then the referee's kind of like talking to the Fink. Doesn't bother to tell Morocco that he didn't win. And then Tito catches him in a small package and the referee counts it. Yeah. So here we are with more ref botches. Yeah, right. And it's that same old ass. The referee, I believe, probably has dementia at this point. He looks like he's about 120 years old. Yeah, yeah. They had to keep reminding him where he was. Yeah, he was having a hard time. Right. So. Makes me wonder, like, is that, like, the literally the only time that there has ever been a hit three count when he was supposed to hold it up? Like, uh, no, that happened in, um, God, it happened recently. I think it was Roman and Braun in a hell in the cell. Cause Didn't the referee right. accidentally, yeah. oh, it was Mick Foley accidentally hit three. Cause I just never see that happen ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It was weird. It was a screw up. All right. Um, so after that, we get he- Heenan's backstage in a members only jacket looking amazing. He's Absolutely. offered $50,000 to someone to take out Paul Orndorff, which was a great storyline at that time. Yeah, yeah. Paul Orndorff was uh, a face at this time. He had converted from being a heel after WrestleMania when Piper and uh, uh, Orton turned on him. And he had right. a short run as a face until he ended up turning on Hogan, becoming a heel again, which was pretty quick. Actually, it wasn't that long in between his uh, heel runs that he was a face. But at this particular po- uh, point in time, he was a face. Yeah, yeah, Totally. And Heenan wanted his ass. 50K bounty on his head. And speaking of, that is our segue. That would be Paul Orndorff taking on Cowboy Bob Orton. The funnest match of the first round. And fun fact, the longest match of the first round. Yeah. It went a full seven minutes. (laughs) Um, That's a good night for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, well, that's me. But, but, like, cumulative. How do you say that word? <laughs> Cumulatively seven minutes. Like seven minutes on a weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly. Right, right. Dude, yeah. how sorely underrated is Cowboy Bob Orton? God damn, he was good, dude. He's, you know what? He's the Randy Orton of <laughs> the 80s. Like, Yeah, no, you're been, right. He might have been at that point the best guy just like who's really, really good at what he does in the ring. You know, just like everything he did in the ring was just perfect and yep. looked great. I mean, he was incredible. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah, you might be right. He might be the most underrated because I don't think anyone ever talks about him as one of the best, but he really, really was. He was amazing. And both guys in this match really played their roles well. Bob Orton as the shitty heel and mm-hmm. Paul Orndorff as like the mega face. And yeah. both guys played it perfectly. And goddamn Orton was good, dude. Everything he did was just with purpose mm-hmm. and it looked like it hurt and just so good in the ring. Totally, yeah. It's great too because he has, at this point, he's had the cast for months. Yes. Um, and then Orndorff's working his other arm. He does that chicken wing with the foot thing, which nobody yes. does anymore. I love that. That was such a cool move back then. I don't know why guys stopped doing that. Um, and Orton does a sunset flip and pulls uh, – pulls, uh, I mean, uh, Orndorff does a sunset flip and pulls Orton's uh, pants down, and they blur it <laughs> out. I don't know if that was a, a Pacock thing or if it was – I mean, obviously it wasn't blurred live. I but. don't recall it being blurred out on the network. I think when it moved to Pacock. That's yeah. when they're like, no, you can't see Orton's ass. Right, right. That makes sense. I mean, I'd pay extra. <laughs> yeah, I'd get <laughs> they the premium. want to charge me all. The premium, premium for that. Right. Um, 
And Orton ended up getting a crotch on the on the top rope the same way Dynamite did. Yep. And uh, uh, Davy Boy. Or uh, or Davy Boy did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yep. Um, but his balls are stronger, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Much stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're not from Leeds. Well, Randy Orton was in there, so they're very strong balls. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Orton's getting his ass the kicked. Under he ends up those on the trunks. apron. He ends up on the apron. <laughs> Shit. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting fucked up. He ends up on the apron. He twists his cast, which I don't know why you would twist a cast because you would think the entire cast would be hard. Yes. Um, and he smacks Orndorff with it, gets DQ'd. Um, and that's the end of them. And uh, he gets his ass kicked after it. Both announcers, um, uh, My Pillow and Gorilla, <laughs> say several times how good Orndorf was, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go to the back. Alfred Hayes is trying to bang the chick at the tournament board. Oh, because, yeah. Still you know, harassing oh, her. That like, yeah, was, more heavily this time. That was yeah, because weird. comedy. Yeah. So just to wrap up round one. The uh, people advancing: Adrian Adonis, Dynamite Kid, Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat, Junkyard Dog, Moon Dot Spot, Tito Santana, and Paul Orndorff. And we're going into round two, which starts off with uh, Adrian Adonis and Dynamite Kid. Uh, Jesse had left the broadcast booth to go talk to Macho in the Reed middle of the he match, was giving him the scouting report. Yeah. Yeah, that's how much he loved Macho, is giving him a scout. I mean, report. not even be- between rounds when usually you get up and get your refill your popcorn or re-cheese your nachos. Like, in the middle of the fucking match. <laughs> re-cheese your nachos? You know. What? Re-cheese, yeah. More I cheese. I get you. Yeah. I got you. It's a re-cheese. Um, yeah. yeah. The, be- <laughs> the best part about Macho Man leaving is Gorilla, Sp- or I mean, uh, Jesse leaving, is Gorilla spends two minutes talking about Jesse leaving, and then he... <laughs> And then he segues into, this is a very important match. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was, and we as kids are like, yeah, Gorilla. Maybe he was just trying to put himself <laughs> over and uh, do a shoot on Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Um, so like most of the show, uh, most of the matches, um, not much of a match. Adonis gets shot into Jimmy Hart. He gets pinned with, uh, he's got a foot on his rope, right? Yes. And um, why? Because they didn't. Gorilla didn't mention it. It wasn't... Do you think he, that was him going into business for himself? Or do you think that was him being unaware of where he was and his foot ended up on the rope? Because it was not mentioned or anything. Well, and what's weird is that played into a match earlier on the card that they caught. But for some reason in this match, they didn't get it. Totally So again, not, referee fuck up playing a role in the match. It was, it was just kind of a yeah. running theme on this card. It was really weird. Uh, Adrian did hit a sharpshooter at one point, which I thought was cool. Yeah, it was kind of a, a weird, shitty sharpshooter, but yes. It was, yes. It was a makeshift one, like, before Sting and Bret Hart made it famous. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, Adrian Adonis's version of it. But, right, right. Yeah, uh, Dynamite Kid wins, kind of, sort of, because Adrian did have his foot on the ropes, but the referee, for some reason, in this match, didn't catch it. Yep. All right, next match, Adam. It's uh, Macho Man Randy Savage taking on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, like, uh, what, two years before it was the best match of all time in WrestleMania. Yeah, totally, yeah. It was kind of a little, um, it was, it, they didn't get a lot of time. I think they went like four or five minutes, but they did a lot in those four or five minutes. Right, and so like on paper, as you're looking at this, like this should have been match of the night 
but it wasn't. And I think that's like you said, Eddie, because it wasn't given the amount of time yeah. that they should have given it. It wasn't designed to be the match of the night, nor was it even... I mean, it wasn't at three either, but at three at least they were given the time to do that. You know, this match it was just... Most of the matches on this were like throwaway matches. I forgot what the last match yeah. was already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a decent match, but it was very, very short. Like, there wasn't enough time to tell a story. Granted, yeah. two years yeah. later, they got to write the wrong that was this match at WrestleMania three. but I wouldn't even call this really like a precursor to that match. Right. This was just, they happened to face each other in a tournament. They weren't given the right amount of time to tell a good story. Yeah. And it ended up being just a throwaway in the Macho Man Steamboat history. Yeah. My favorite part of the match was when um, Gorilla says that um, Steamer is giving Macho Man an atomic drop on the concrete, which is exactly the kind of move you would want to take on concrete. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. That'll, oh, that'll mess feet. you up. <laughs> yeah. Also, stop yeah. calling him Steamer. See, oh, sorry. Um, Macho no, not Man you, does, Gorilla. Yeah. Macho does the Lawler spot where he reaches into his trunks. And uh, Steamer's hitting him with a belly to back from uh, belly to back into the ring from the apron. And Macho Man punches him in the face and rolls over and pins him. It was a really cool finish. Okay, so you call that the Lawler finish. I call that the Macho Man winning the Intercontinental title from Tito Santana finish. Okay, I just, you know, because Lawler did that like every match. Reaching into yes, trunks. he did. But when Macho yeah. beat Tito, he did that same exact move. Tito was giving him the belly to back yeah. from the inside of the ring. And Macho Man was on the apron. Pulls out the foreign object, clocks him in the head, falls back, and pins him. That was the same exact finish against Tito Santana when he won the IC belt. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. I would call that with William Regal over Edge. The power of the punch. There you go. There yep. you go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. And that's it for that match. Cool. We are uh, moving on to third match of uh, round two. Junkyard Dog taking on Moondog Spot. What a shit show. Well, this is where the bad refereeing really like reaches its peak because the referee forgot to show up. Yes. For the match. <laughs> so it's unclear we why. We get the invisible man as the referee. Yeah, we have no idea why the referee's not there, but Dog hits a headbutt, counts to three himself, and Gorilla says he doesn't think it's going to count, but then the Fink announces that he won, and then Gorilla gets, um, he gets the news from over there in that area that a ringside judge said he won. Right. Actually, the referee for this match was John Cena. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we literally after, could not see him. When they did this, I was like, why did they do this? It was almost like they actually started the match without realizing the referee wasn't there and just were like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> that dude's like 200 years old. Like Skeletor is going to walk down the ramp in that amount of time, you know? <laughs> dude. <laughs> Was, that was hilarious. No fucking ref in the ring, dude. And JYD just counts to three, and they're like, fucking allow it. That had to be the weirdest match I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my gosh. I had forgotten all about that, and then I rewatched it. I'm like, okay, here's the kicker. We made Adam watch this. <laughs> sorry, Adam. Yeah, sorry, Adam. That's why I asked you before we started recording. I'm like, wait, you actually watched this whole thing? So you know let me just point out mid-show. Kudos to Adam <laughs> for watching this. Salute, Adam. Wait. I mean, gotta got prepare for these shows. I mean, uh, like, okay, getting theatrical here. Back in the days of doing plays and musicals, and I do hope to one day do that again, I would have to read the entire play because it, I mean, it's not just learn your lines. You have to know about the entire atmosphere that's happening. 
in this case, like, I'm, I'm trying to learn, are there any relevant events that could come into play later and learning about themes? So, yeah, we have shitty referees with unsynchronized uniforms and all sorts of events. Sure, let's say that going on. Uh, I, ju I just had to Very figure, odd. like, yeah, what is going on with this show? And, yeah, so and I'm, I'm just following kind of your instructions. Who, while this is kind of a who's who of 80s wrestling, as we get further along in the card, it's well, not exactly a shining example of what was 80s wrestling. So kudos to you and cheers to you, Adam, for playing it would, along. It would be a who's who if uh, Tony Gurria were in it. Good point. He was not. Good point. I'm going to make a CD or Outback Jack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I pretty, mu I pretty much return favor when I make TNA references to you and have to explain shit and everything. So, you know, <laughs> or, sp or sports, or <laughs> true, very true. Sports, sports. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next match. I mean, we talked about the baddest team to ever grace a gridiron, the '85 Bears. Why not the Chicago? The sh <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Didn't they win the Chicago? <laughs> didn't they win? The way he said that. Yeah. Didn't the way he said the Chicago was like the Iron Sheik talking about Chicago. Yeah, and he like he forgot to say bears and he kind of looked at me and Gene like, please save me. <laughs> I just remember like, I just fucked up, dude. We're live, pal. The Chicago Sharks. <laughs> the Chicago. <laughs> they played for the Lombardi. Oh, wait. That actually sounds the good. Party, yeah. That actually sounds good, so <laughs> never mind on that. Oh man. Uh we got uh Paul Orndorff and Tito Santana. This would be the last of the second round. Two faces again. Yeah, two faces, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Really surprising that they did that so often in this card. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I can't think of I mean I sh I can almost guarantee there's not another pay per view from the '80s where they had that. Even four. No, absolutely. Much that. less like a one heel versus heel and two yeah. face versus face. Mm -hmm. like absolutely unheard of. Yeah, that obviously really didn't, didn't. That really didn't become a thing till like the late '90s, and then even then it was right. Rare. I mean, it's still rare now. So to have it have it that many times on one show, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, My pillow calls Tico Tito a taco <laughs> sales from Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Can you stop calling him my pillow, please? You're Sorry. killing me with that. <laughs> um, it was a sl the match had a slow start. It was a lot of mat wrestling. Um, Jesse says Gorilla is worse than Watergate for some reason. Earlier, he told him he's worse than the than the Nixon tapes, and I'm like, this is not exactly a current reference, Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> you're right? 20 yeah. years removed from that. He's a regular yeah. Dennis Miller. <laughs> 20 years removed um, and doesn't really connect. <laughs> well, it was like 10, 10 years removed, but still. Oh, right. right. Um, oh, no, uh, you're this right. This match sucks. My, my notes say this match sucks. I didn't like this match. <laughs> I thought it was boring. It, yeah, it wasn't great. And it, you could kind of tell like they were teasing tension between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, and like they kept mentioning Tito's fiery personality and Orndorff used to be a heel. And, of course, that's kind of the way the match ends is both guys end up just kind of brawling with each other outside the ring and get and counted out. Yeah, it's a double DQ. Yeah, and they keep brawling. Yeah, they keep fighting. The faces. Which they, which they, started, out by shake, they started out by shaking hands, but, yeah, yeah it, it just it just evolved. Keep that face chaos. going. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So both guys end the match punching each other in the mouth on the floor. They get counted out. And JYD suddenly has a bite of the finals. There you go. Yeah. Because um, that's so after, the rules. <laughs> that's so the after rules. The, after this, we cut back to the um, the tournament board, and Alfred is kissing uh, Susan now. Uh-huh. Yeah, like he's not even trying to be slick about it anymore. Uh-huh. Like he's just right. like... Well, because Let's, comedy. But, <laughs> dude, this would be like watching an episode of Wheel of Fortune and like Pat Sajak is dry humping Vanna White. <laughs> or one of the contestants. So, right. Wheel, of, Wheel of Fortune after dark. On Or one of the contestants is dry humping Pat Sajak. Right. Or like Alex Trebek has jumped on top of one of the desks and is like thrusting his crotch in his like contestant's face. Like that's what Alfred is doing to poor Susan. Oh my god, that's like a uh That reminds me of our today's episode, the Katie Vick episode. Check that one out if you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> Alfred's hoping to make a sex tape with Susan. Well, I meant the uh, I meant the Alex Trebek uh part. Oh. But, um, <laughs> okay. So uh so to sum up round two, the people advancing are Dynamite Kid, Randy Savage, Junkyard Dog, and Tito Santana and Paul Orndorf are both counted out and no one is advancing from that round. Or from that match. Right, in that match. So we know we're going to see Junkyard Dog in the finals. Yes. Which means minus one match. Yes, Minus one semifinal. Thankfully. Mm -hmm. Which all the referees are like, thank God. Because we suck tonight. (laughs) (laughs) They're having a hard time. They could use a break. Yeah, they need a break. (laughs) But but then, after after round two, we got a match for the WWF title. Which... Okay, you made me watch this uh, show and everything. They keep uh, referring to, this is an illustrious tournament. Tournament for what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they weren't the ones winning a Rolls Royce. They're not winning. Yeah, winner doesn't get a Rolls hey, Royce. Right. Uh, Roddy Piper and Hogan are battling for the title, and they're not in the tournament. So what's the tournament for? <laughs> Dude, that never crossed my mind. I didn't. Did they ever say what it was for? No. no. It literally ends and it's like, okay, that's the show. Thanks for coming out. Maybe you Nobody... won the maybe you won the Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I never even thought about that. Yeah. He won nothing. So we got Hogan versus Piper, which is exactly the match that you should have. It was kind of weird. It was weird to me that it wasn't the main event. I know it was like a tournament, but you think the tournament you think this match, this match is bigger than the tournament for nothing. And e- even if, uh, even if the tournament was uh, the hierarchy above a WWF title match, you would do that after the semifinals, like give uh, the finalists a quick breather. But no, they did this after round two. Well, yeah. but that's because that's. But we'll get we'll get later to why they why didn't they do, do it that okay. way. But there's a reason. There's a reason they didn't put this match in that spot. Okay. Um, Hogan is wearing all white in this match very rare that he did that and pretty yeah. much after 85 he never did it again right right yeah he did he did a bit quite a bit before this but yeah in 85 it was exactly very rare um they jumped the bell they brawl onto the floor and they're beating the shit out of each other to get back in the ring um piper goes for an elbow off the second rope and Hogan caught him in a bear hug and i was like i'm not sure i've ever seen hogan do that before but piper yeah, was, was a small kind of guy first yeah, yeah, I mean, you never saw guys catch people off the top rope at all back then. But there was a huge size difference between the two of them. So, you know, Also, this sense. was the hottest the crowd was all night. 
Oh my God, yeah. Well, because, you know, a tournament's rough because you don't know what any of the matches going into it are going to be, so you don't get excited yeah. for any specific matches. This is the only yeah. match that they had actually announced beforehand. And it's right. Hogan and Piper. Right. And it's Hogan yeah. in 85. Like, this is like the fire of Hulkamania is probably burning the hottest right now. That's quite a, um, what is that, a, uh, what do you call that when you could... Imagery? Analogy. Analogy, yeah, yeah, it's quite an analogy. The fire of Hulkamania burning, yeah, very You're good. welcome. Um, Hogan <laughs> Piper puts Hogan in a sleeper, and Hogan starts ripping the referee's shirt, and he doesn't rip it off, he just rips pieces of it off, like which is like a seems actually like kind of con- like he's, he's like being a bully. He's like, fuck your shirt. <laughs> yeah, it was let's, just kind of weird. Like, the shirt starts tearing apart. Like, instead of tearing off, it just pieces of it disappear. And Hogan's yeah, like, hey, ref, let's show off your floppy man tits to the crowd. I'm going to embarrass yeah. you. Um, Hogan gets out of the sleeper by f- taking a dive over the top rope, which was actually pretty impressive for a guy that size to have Piper on his back and, you know, go over the top rope like that and not kill each other. Oh, totally. Yeah, dude over 300 doing that. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that was cool. Um Hogan Hogan hits the ropes. Piper pushes him into the referee. The referee is having a fucking terrible night. Yeah, his shirt's all ripped up. Yeah, he's knocked out. He um, didn't show up for a match. Yeah, Piper hits Hogan with a chair. And then um, Hogan puts Piper in a sleeper. And right as the referee is getting up, here comes Bob Orton, jumps Hogan, DQ finish, and then they kick Hogan's ass and then Orndorff saves him. Yeah, here comes Orndorff to save yeah. the day, which probably set up a tag team match for the next house show. It totally, yeah, and it was exa- for the next like twenty house shows. Yeah, because exactly, that's how they would do it in the day. Yeah, and when I saw that, I was like, "It's exactly what Roddy Piper said in his book. He never lost. Like he, oh, you know what I mean? Like, there was always a way he, out for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was, like the only time I, I didn't see a lot of his WCW stuff, but the only one he ever actually took a pinfall to was Brett. Was it Brett? I think only, so. Yeah, he was the only guy Piper's entire run. The only guy who ever beat him clean was Brett. Yeah. Yeah, even Hogan fucking didn't, of all people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so after that match, we get um, Junkyard Dogs backstage doing a promo, and Jimmy Hart comes and interrupts him. And Jimmy Hart is livid and yelling and just making a whole scene. Um, and they actually, this is cool, the camera started shooting off the set, and you can see people behind the set, like work, like arena workers back there, which was really cool. I've never seen that happen before. Mean Gene's like, put that cigarette out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was cool. I like that shit. Oh, boy. And we're getting close to the end of this. Yeah, it's so good it, timing, actually. Move it on on track. Last call, finish your drinks, get any points across, uh, finish this episode, which we should be able to do with two more matches to go. This is our one and only semifinal match between Dynamite Kid and Macho Man Randy Savage. So Dynamite, this is a cool match because Dynamite was really outworking Macho on the mat. Yes. Like just working him over and Macho takes the powder. And he, he starts talking shit to the crowd. He was just like such a great, he was so good as a heel. Like he was, I always dude. One I, of the best. I, yeah, like his WWE run, it was probably 50-50, but I remember him as a face more. But when you go watch some of his heel shit, he was just tremendous. Yeah, one of the best ever in terms of being able to play that heel character. Absolutely mm-hmm. one of the best ever. Yeah, so good. Um, they end up doing a double clothesline, but it looked like Dynamite did a sling blade, which would have had to been the first time anyone had ever done a sling blade. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 1985, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dynamite does a superplex. And Impressive. It like the, and it looked like the ring was going to collapse. Dude, yes. 
Yeah, it yeah. was that was crazy. Macho in after the suplex lands, Macho hooks his legs for the pin. It was a little bit sloppy. Like Dynamite took a second to get his legs up. It didn't look natural. Yeah. Um, but I didn't catch that the first time around I watched it. I watched it again today, and I only caught it this time around. Um, but what a killer finish. That was so cool. Yeah, like Macho Man took a hell of a move and managed to turn it into a pin. Yeah, that yeah. was great, dude. Dynamite looked strong in losing. Totally. He looked great. Yeah, because it was just yep. he kind of just got caught, you know? Yeah, unlike his tag team partner who got his balls ripped on the top rope and had a ref call a match for him. Like, at least Dynamite pulled it off for the Bulldogs in that one. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, it was cool, too, because Gorilla was like, what is this? And he and he and uh, Jesse both were like, what, what, what's he about to do? A superplex off the top rope? And then they were like, I've never seen that before. It was really cool. Well, yeah, because Bob Orton did a superplex, but he would be on the second rope with his opponent kind of straddled on the top rope. But right, Dynamite I, went all the way to the top with Macho and I, took it off the top rope. Yeah, I actually texted you about that after they said that. I was like, didn't Orton do a superplex? And you're like, no, he did it off the second rope. I was like, oh, yep. yeah, you're right. This definitely would have been the first time. So, yeah, yeah was that insane. was really cool. Uh, both yep. guys, awesome. Yeah, and dude, after this match, Macho looked beat the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Like, Hell he took yeah. a beating in this match, dude. Oh, yeah, because Dynamite was working his ass over. I mean, he just, like, eked out a win. Yep, exactly, exactly. Like, he was lucky to get by Dynamite to go to the finals. Totally, totally. Yeah, so after this, we go into the Benoit spot, which is um, the the prelude to the uh, main event with the piss break, and um, <laughs> and that's and that's all it this, is. <laughs> this is when they give away the stupid car, which like yes. First of all, like I don't know, man. Like I know it's an expensive car, but does anyone in America want a fucking Rolls Royce? Do you, yeah. you don't want to. I'm not paying the insurance on that. You don't want to drive yeah, I mean, that if you're just going to 7-Eleven to get your taquito and your Slurpee. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is, it's it's like a British fucking BMW or something. It, you know what I mean? It's not even like I'd never see. I okay, I work in Oakland, right? There are a lot of people with a lot of fucking money there. Um, in certain parts of a town, there are some badass cars there. No one drives a Rolls Royce. It's just of not. Cool, not. It's not a cool car. But look, like, in '85, it was like. Lifestyles of the rich and famous, and like people were obsessed okay. with money and, and royalty, and, and this was a status symbol. If you have Grey Poupon, then you're cool. Right. Uh, exactly. I, right. I wasn't thinking about 85. I was thinking like now you drive like a fucking a Tesla, or if you really got money, you're driving like a McLaren. But, um, oh, I, dude, yeah. if, look, if Vince held a pay per view today. And was giving away a Rolls Royce to one of their fans. Like, right. the internet would go batshit crazy with, like, Vince is out of touch. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> but look, 1985, that, a Rolls Royce was like, damn. See, like, raw approximately yeah. 2009, 2010 with those million-dollar giveaways. <laughs> I watched. Yeah. Yeah. So the crowd, the crowd shits all over this. They hate it. They're introducing and the board like, of directors of the Rolls Royce or whatever company shit. And they are booing them. Cause like yeah, yeah a bunch like, of pasty white dudes and they're fucking talking. Nobody cares what they're saying. Right, it's like someone from Rolls Royce. Then it's I think Basil fucking Devito. Yes, yeah. And then it's like the guy who's in charge of the company that ran the contest. And then they kind of pop for Lord Alfred Hayes. Everybody likes him. But someone threw a fucking beer and oh, it almost hit one of those guys. Like that it, was it hit, great. It hit the, yeah, it hit the ring like right next to his ass. He saw it too. And it was, I was like the like, NWO was in the ring. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they were like, fuck this. And I was like, Chicago. But you know what, though? Like, we, we've kind of shit all over that segment. But what it did was allow Macho Man to get a breather. 
It get, and for everybody else to pee and exactly re- and re-cheese their nachos. <laughs> <laughs> We've taught them well. <laughs> so and then, and then the guy who won the turn who won the car wasn't not there. even there. He wasn't there. <laughs> That's the funniest part. Uh, you'd think they'd be like, oh, the ten finalists get a free ticket to the fucking wrestling classic. But no, they're just like, oh, whatever. Fucking Joe you know. shithead wins. <laughs> right. Well, to yeah. be to be fair, this was their first time giving away a Rolls Royce. So. That's true. You would assume had they given away a second one, they would have had that shit figured out by then. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't get that far, though. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then we go right into the final match, which, by the way, on the graphic says the final match. Right. Oh, don't forget, though, we did get a promo backstage with Hogan and Orndorff, basically calling out Piper and Orton for the next house show. We're going to promote the tag team match. That's right. And expressing their love for one another. Yeah. It was a little weird. Yeah. All right. And that final match would be Macho Man Randy Savage taking on Junkyard Dog. Dude, Macho Man was limping to the ring. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. Like, playing his role, like, beat the hell up. You weren't expecting him to have anything in this match. Yeah, he was so good. Yeah, you think he's going to be, like, worthless. Um, And then he gets down there. JYD walking to the ring like Rock in the Don't Try This at Home videos. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, JYD's hella strong Striding triumphantly to the ring Yeah exactly uh, He's already got the shit won <laughs> Yeah and then Macho doesn't want to get the match started He's just like Fucking around outside He gets a chair And he ends up he th- Did he throw the chair at Dog? Is that how Dog got the chair? Yeah he did Yeah and then Dog beats the chair up with his head <laughs> Yeah so well, because like, okay. The rule in the 80s was Never headbutt Junkyard Dog Or one of the Samoans Right, exactly, yeah. So they can um, headbutt a chair, and they'd be fine. Yeah, and this is really good booking because the crowd loved JYD at this point. So yes. by the time by the time he's working with Macho Man, they fucking hate Macho Man. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Dog is whooping Macho Man's ass all over that ring. And uh, uh, MyPillow keeps saying that it's not fair <laughs> that he got to buy. He's yeah. very... Jesse Ventura is beside he's himself during this. He's building like, he's so up. upset. Like... This is bullshit. It's the rules. This. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm watch, I start thinking, man, Mach, Macho Man has bad luck in tournaments with buys. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, they get outside. Macho hits Dog with a chair. The, and Earl just keeps counting. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is fine. <laughs> no, whatever. Is fine. You, do, you do what you want as long as you get back in before 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just beat the count. And, and Mean Gene is on commentary during this match, and he actually says to Gorilla, hey, couldn't he get counted out for that? Gorilla's like, yeah, yeah, he totally, totally could be counted out for that. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with this fucking Earl. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking refs tonight. Yeah. Um, so not just like every other match, not much of a match. Um, Macho ends up taking a backdrop over to the top rope to the concrete floor uh, and loses by count out. Dog wins the tournament, and that's that. Yeah, Junkyard Dog wins this tournament. By a count out. So this is the shittiest booked tournament of all time. Oh, it's it's awful. Right. Absolutely awful. But I'll tell you what, dude. As a kid in the mid-80s, I must have rented this this video cassette like 12 times. Dude, I never saw this until um, the network because I never saw this really? in the store. I never saw I, – I mean, maybe I did way back then and it was so long ago I don't remember. But when the network came out – this and the big event were two of the pay-per-views I wanted to watch the most because I didn't... If I had seen them, I didn't remember them. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but it was just like, what kind of tournament is this? Because Dog didn't look that great because 
he got a bye through one round. Yep. And then he wins the finals by fucking count out, which a is count a bullshit. Out. So, okay, the count out, I guess, kind of protected Macho Man, sort of. Right. Ma- Macho Man came out looking better than Dog did. Yeah, and Macho Man, to his credit, was only a few months away from an icy title win. Right. So you probably don't want him eating a pinfall from Junkyard Dog. So yeah. this finish probably made the most sense, but at the same time, like, how many people actually saw this event? I don't know. I, I'm sure I could look it up, but I, I think it probably did pr- fairly well. Okay. Okay. I, well, I, mean, I assume. It, it, yeah, it protected Macho Man. It gave Junkyard Dog some prestige, even though, as Adam pointed out, Junkyard Dog didn't actually win anything from winning yeah. the tournament, which you would right. think he'd be the winner of the Rolls Royce. But nope, some dude named Michael <laughs> Hamley won a Rolls Royce, and he wasn't even there to claim it. Yeah, right. Yeah, good job writing his name down. Yeah, hey, thank you. Keep me around for something. So if you were to call this sh- this particular show a shit show, I don't think I'd argue with you. It was a dog shit also, show. Re- also, we're leaving with bad taste. Why did... Uh, why did Jesse jump into the ring and like seriously vocally protest uh, the tournament victory? Because he, he loves Macho Man that yeah. much, and Macho Man got fucked yeah, over. Yeah, but yeah, right. but you do that yeah. maybe just do, just do it on commentary or uh, just do your bitching and complaining before the match. But that was a really bad taste at the end of the match. It's or at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. what Jesse did, dude. He loved the Macho Man so much, and he'd do that shit with like Hogan, like he challenged. It was Hogan just sometimes. Uncom- like I'll come out of retirement. Like it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So in other words, he's all that was shit. Jesse did. He's all talk then. Yeah, got it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So we go to the back, and Vince and Alfred Hayes are closing out the show, which I loved, and I wish they would do that now because it felt like a sports broadcast, like. You don't when you watch a Sharks game, they don't go off the air like right after uh, the clock uh, runs up. You know, what you I mean? do your post game yeah, reaction, kind of recap it, and everything. Yeah, yes, I wish I wish exactly. they would do that. I wish they would do that now. Like that was actually really cool, and they stopped that. Fuck, thirty years ago, like they haven't yeah. done it in forever. But that was really cool. Um, so I, I really like the way they closed it out. Lord had a great time. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, Susan Boner like the entire show. Totally. Uh-huh. Um, Susan finally uh-huh. talks. And she is definitely from Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> the Chicago. The Chicago. Um, yeah, and kind of like the last couple things I had in my notes was I was like, first of all, the main event was nine minutes long. That was the longest match. The second longest match was Tito and Orndorff in eight minutes. The f- f- shortest match was Dynamite and Nikolai in nine seconds. And I thought, did Dog get a bye because he was out of shape? Did he Probably. show up and be like, I'm not wrestling four times. Are you crazy? I'm not walking yeah. to that ring four times. Well, what happened is after that interview with me and Gene at the beginning of the show, they're like, look, dog can't even finish the sentences. Let's give the dude a bite of the <laughs> They He's saw it breath. early and they adjusted on the fly. He's out of breath just talking. Right. And I also thought like, you know, I always hate when they do shit like, um, well, like the zombies the other day. Like I hate shit where they break kayfabe on TV because I just yeah. think like we all know what's going on, but just like. Let me pretend it's not going on for have a few hours. A, have right. an element and, of realism. And, that was and, way, way over it. Right. And people act like that's kind of a new thing, but it's really not. Because you know what? You want to break fucking kayfabe? Have 15 matches in two and a half hours. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's all I got to say about that. And I'm drinking tequila straight out of the bottle right now. Oh, it, good for it you. It was that bad of a show. Woo! No, I didn't want to get. To, I didn't want to get up to get a beer. No. 
This is a man dedicated to his craft, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, Junkyard Dog is saving words and syllables. You're saving steps. So, you know what? There you go. That takes care of the wrestling classic from Rosemont, Illinois, back in 85. We hope you enjoyed that one. Maybe more than the crowd there. But uh, please let us know what you think about uh, this episode on the social media platforms. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. And on all the podcast platforms, please leave us reviews. Uh, That's how. Yeah, leave us reviews, you lazy fucks. Nobody ever leaves us a review. We need stars. At least buy a shirt, for fuck's sake. More stars gives us validation. So do it, please, please. Thank you. And get those uh, t-shirts on at uh, whatamaneuver.net. So, with Eddie, with Scott, I'm Adam. Just reminding you to please continue safety protocols. Enjoy your buzz. Watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. We will see you next week with another great episode. One, two, three. The Chicago. Dive. Well, I started this dance in my neighborhood. Now everybody's doing it Because it feels so good All you need is a partner That know how to move And the rest are real easy You just stick the groove And when you get yourself started It's hard to start You just go for your partners You know what? And then you
out that the if I, dog getting down. If I could expostulate just momentarily on the virtues of junkyard dog, I think he can sing as good as he can wrestle. Even you had to be impressed, Jesse. I'm not impressed. Let me tell you what it sounded like. He had a mouthful of grit spewing out at the microphone. Hey, Jesse Ventura, there is a new artist out called Derringer. Have you heard about it? That's right, and it's dedicated to me, all American Jesse the Body. No, 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 no. It's dedicated to Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham. Well, let me just say this, then Derringer should have stayed buried with rock and roll hoochie-goo. And on the contrary, Jesse Ventura, the name of the song is Real American, the artist Derringer. <laughs> 